listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. This is volume two of It's Okay to Not Be Okay. That's the series we're currently starting today, meaning there was a volume one. We did this a while ago, and we want to make this a common sermon series that we periodically return to consistently because it is absolutely necessary. And we've got a ton of stuff uh, planned for this series, and I'm super excited about it. Um, uh, I, I'm, I got to be real with you guys. I'm excited about this sermon series because there's a lot of people in this church, in all churches, but that can relate to this personally. They struggle with mental health issues. It's okay to not be okay means we must shatter the stigma surrounding mental health. People should be comfortable with talking about the things that they're struggling with. People should be comfortable to seek help and be empowered by others, to be prayed over them. This is something that we must, as a church, we must lead the cause. There is stigma in society and there is stigma in the church. And that just cannot happen. See... The church must lead the cause for mental health. If there's a, uh, an ideal or a main, uh, I guess, uh, phrase that we should have with this series is that we are called, as a body of believers, the church is called to lead the cause for mental health. Society is also called to, to care about mental health and to want to be involved in mental health. Health professionals, of course, as well. But Jesus, he's the author of redemption, of restoration, of life, of newness, of new beginnings, of letting the old be old and bringing in the new. Jesus is the founder of everything that has to do with health, of everything that has to do with restoration, bringing to completion, bringing to newness of life. So as a church, we must lead the cause, meaning that doesn't mean we're the most uh, proficient in terms of uh, health, mental health skills, but rather we care the most deeply about it. We must care about it. The problem is it's not the case. The problem is stigma, isolation, and other factors hinder believers from mental health breakthrough. Meaning the church is struggling with mental health as it, it rightfully should be, but it's not experiencing breakthrough. It's being held back by stigma, by misinformation. This is a big problem. If we are to lead the cause and help others into a life of seeking redemption and restoration from the things that they're struggling with, we must show others how to do it. We must be willing to show that we are weak. We must be willing to show that we are weak, for in our weakness, God is made strong. In 2014, LifeWay Research and Focus on the Family did a study. The study was on acute mental illness and Christian faith. And here's what they found. They found that there is shame inside and outside of church, but the shame in church regarding mental health is greater. That doesn't sound right. Some of the mental illnesses considered in the study are moderate and severe depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, um, and probably others. Um, I myself, I struggle with obsessive compulsive disorder, and many here have already shared before in the past in the previous series and in talking 
have shared all the different things you struggle with. Here in our church, we struggle with schizophrenia. We, ha- we, have, we have schizophrenics in our church. We have obsessive compulsives like me in this church. We have people that are depressed, that struggle with depression. And, I, and I'm, I'm happy to yell that out because we must be willing to not hide it, right? We can't just throw it under the rug. So here's, here, here's something interesting uh, in that study, they discovered 67% of family members of those affected by mental health, 67% of family members want their churches to have an open discussion about mental illness because churches are not talking about it. 60% of those affected with mental illness themselves, the ones that are going through the issue, same thing. So this is a big deal. And the big C church, the the... The church worldwide is not doing a good job. And so we're going to try locally at least to start here, as we already did in a previous sermon series, to make sure that we talk about it, that we inform people, and that we help them, empower them, that we support each other towards a path to restoration. Christianity Today conducted another survey. In it, they expressed ways the church could assist them. So this is, they basically had this survey on Christianity Today, it's online. And here's what they said. 74% of the people that answered this survey want the church to help families find local resources for support in dealing with mental illness. 63% of those that responded want the church to talk about it openly so the topic is not so taboo. So this is a real issue. And even... We as a church, we've already shared, many of us have already shared the struggles that we go through. There's still some of us that are silent because there's so much negativity surrounding this. So we must do a better job. Again, the problem is stigma and isolation and other factors hinder believers from mental health breakthrough. So why is this the case? The root of the problem is misinformation. Misinformation creates a culture of neglect and mismanagement. Because we lack understanding of what mental health is and what mental illnesses are, we don't deal with it. It's too complicated. I'm not qualified. I don't know how to deal with this. We end up thinking faith... here's Here's the bad part. Here's the really bad part. We end up thinking that strong faith does not equate with mental illness. This we must erase from our list of beliefs in our heart. See, having a strong faith a lot of times is precisely going through mental health issues. We are made strong by God in our weaknesses. So here's why so many people are afraid to share in church. Because they've been, when, when someone goes to a church and they talk to someone... And they say, I'm struggling with this. Usually they receive a sermon. Well, are you praying enough? Are you fasting enough? Uh, You know, your your faith is probably not that strong. Uh, You're probably not that close with God. If you were closer to God, then you'd experience freedom from what you're struggling with. And these are unbiblical beliefs. Unbiblical. They don't belong in our set of beliefs as Christians. This is the main problem, misinformation. Both in terms of the research, the wealth of research that there is available for mental health, and misinformation, biblically speaking. We have beliefs, beliefies, that don't belong 
in our set of beliefs. We need to listen to the promises of God to understand that. So misinformation must be replaced with knowledge of what God actually says about mental health. God must be the one that tells us how he deals with mental health. He must be the one that tells us everything there is to be about mental health, supported then by the community of mental health professionals. See, number one, God, here's the truth, God can heal us in an instant through prayer, but sometimes he has a faith journey for you. We must understand this. People are afraid of talking about mental health because the prescription they give to people who suffer is pray, 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 pray. They want you to pray it away. And we must understand, we are not saying God cannot answer a prayer and allow you to pray away your issues. We're not saying that. We're just saying typically his venue, according to the Bible, is different. Typically, mental health issues are not a pray one and done. You're free of your depression. You're free of your anxiety. You're free of... That's not how God typically operates. But he can. He can. And I must be able to reconcile those two. God can heal me right now, even if he doesn't. God can heal me right now, even if he doesn't. Sometimes he heals right now. Sometimes he has a faith journey for me. This is so important. Now, the Bible is full of places in which if God wills it, he heals us in an instant. Luke 5, verses 12 and 13, it says that while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. We must recognize that he is fully capable. We are not by any means saying that God is insufficient or incapable of healing us right now. When Jesus wills it, as the leprous man rightfully said, it happens in an instant. But typically, For mental health issues, the route is different. One of our main passages for this series is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, where Paul talks about his thorn. And this is one of the best examples that you should keep in your heart of of a prayer that is answered, because your prayers will always be answered, but answered with a faith journey and not a click. Not a, not a Thanos snap. <laughs> it's answered, answered with a faith journey. And, and here's what I'm hoping God speaks to your heart today. The faith journey that he has for you to restoration is just as good as if he snaps it away. The faith journey that he might respond your prayer with is just as good as if he just snapped it away. They're both just as good. Here's why. Because in both, God is at work in you. A faith journey and a snap are totally good, equally good. We are limited in our perspective to see that because we suffer along the way. But Jesus teaches us consistently. His apostles teach us consistently. He uses sometimes the path of suffering as a path of faith. 
It's a faith journey. And it is just as good as being snapped into complete healing. So in verses 7 through 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it says the following. Paul is speaking. He says, So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So as we just said moments ago, sometimes God responds with a faith journey. Look at that journey on which Paul has embarked of realizing that in him, realizing and recognizing and celebrating his weakness, God is made strong in him. This is a faith journey. I, God, you're not removing this thorn, but you're growing me in my faith. My reliance has left me and landed on you. This is a path in which I grow more and more reliant on you, less reliant on me. Just as good as snapping you healed. Just as good. See, through faith, our perceived weakness becomes a God-given strength. Through faith, our perceived weaknesses become a God-given strength. Now, this is very important because, again, a lot of people in the church that struggle with mental health are treated as people who are weak in faith. And we're not weak in faith for having a mental health weakness. We're made strong. God strong. We receive the strength of God by recognizing our weaknesses. That's not a weak faith. That's a strong faith. So the weakness in the mental health is a strength. When I turn to God and recognize I can't do this on my own, God responds with, I empower you. I strengthen you. You receive my strength to be made perfect in you. This is a response of faith. And it's not faith weakness. It's a weakness. For sure. When we're in heaven, we won't have these weaknesses. We will no longer struggle with mental health issues. We will see him clearly face to face. We will have gone from one degree of glory to the next. We will be fully restored. So we won't longer have these weaknesses you and I are struggling with. But they are not to be equated. Mental health Mental health weaknesses are not to be equated with a weakness of faith. They are not to be equated with that. And this passage speaks it clearly. This is why Paul, notice in those verses, he's just excited to recognize his weakness. Now, we, I must clarify, the Bible does not explain what exactly the thorn is. And theologians on commentaries and and in study Bibles that you might have, talk about this. And there's theories. But I think it's intentional on God's sovereignty to leave it open. Because whatever weakness we struggle with is not to be equated with a faith weakness if we are pleading to God. We are turning to God. That's a strong faith. Heal me, God. I have a faith journey for you. That is not a a weakness of faith. It is a weakness that we 
have been graced with. That's what's crazy. The weakness you have, God has graced you with so that you will turn to him. The faith journey is just as good as the snap. So this weakness is a grace of God so that you would seek him more in ways you haven't experienced. So that you would grow in ways you haven't grown. Trial and suffering sometimes are part of the faith journey. You grow through it. See, in the Christian faith, trial has purpose. The faith endurance necessary for the trial will make you more complete. Trial in our faith has purpose. The faith endurance necessary for the trial will make you more complete. If you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with these things that you you kind of can't control, you must have faith that the trial, it's not that God is insufficient to heal it. He's seeking you to accompany him in this faith journey. I've been there. I was diagnosed with OCD in the 8th grade. I struggled with them giving me pills, giving me all these prescriptions for things to do, and me seeking a way out, trying to think my way out of it, trying to pray my way out of it, and falling short over and over again. Why, God, why do I struggle with this? Why is everyone else normal around me? Why have I been given this? And now, I'm 36, so... Years and years later, over 20 years of dealing with this, and I can tell you, if he had snapped healed me back then, there, were th- there are things I just wouldn't have missed. I would have missed had I not gone on this faith journey with him. He has grown me out of it. Has it been painful? Yes! Amen. But I've grown in ways I wouldn't have grown had he snapped me to hell. We understand this with other issues. Why don't we get it for the mental health? We understand it for cancer. We understand it for all sorts of diseases and and sicknesses. But for some reason, we categorically, categorically treat mental health differently. Like it's a faith weakness. Listen to Paul. If you're pleading to God, you're not weak. You're made strong in God. You're ready for the faith endurance. You're ready for the trial God has set before you to grow you. See, it will make you more complete. James 1 verses 2 through 4 tells us this counterintuitive reality. That trial is a blessing. That sometimes God graces you with a trial to grow you in ways you otherwise wouldn't grow. James 1 verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, happiness, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. As hard as it is for me to process When I've prayed to God and say, heal me of my OCD because it's crippling. It doesn't let me function rightly in society. I can't be the best version of myself. God, please take it away. He's given me a trial that's growing me to make me more complete. And it's a faith endurance test. He's testing my faith to make sure it produces the steadfastness of holding on to him. Because I'm too weak, but he is strong. I hold on to him, and I grow in ways I wouldn't have grown otherwise. We must see the purpose in the trial. 
Is it supposed to not hurt? No, it does. Is it supposed to not feel like suffering? No, you're going to suffer. But there is a day where you will be fully restored. And the difference that the world has from us in our hope is that we know one day we will be fully healed for eternity. Now, mental health outside of the church functions great and provides you with many resources, but they can't boast a promise like that. They can't tell you, you will be fully healed. The one thing I know very well about my OCD that doctors repeated to me over and over again is, you'll never be healed of it. You will always have OCD, Ricardo. That's what they told me. But the Bible, they're not taking into account eternity. The Bible promises me that in his, pre- in his presence are pleasures forevermore, that there is fullness of joy, that I will enjoy full restoration. There is a day, if you're like me and you're suffering, and you're in this trial constantly pleading to God to be freed, there is a day where you will be fully restored. And until then, he is constantly working on you through this faith journey. It's a faith journey. In Philippians 1.6 it says, And I am sure of this, Paul says, that he who began a good work in you, meaning he's still working in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. We must, we must believe this in our hearts. Our hope is greater than that of the world for mental health. And they have the right tools and the right professionals, but they cannot boast a promise like this. Only Jesus can give us a promise like this. Full restoration, fully healed. You may never experience it fully while you're alive, but you will be forevermore alive in eternity. You will be fully healed and restored, enjoying Jesus and enjoying the pleasure of who he is, And there will be zero anxiety, zero obsessions, Ricardo. There will be zero obsessions, zero compulsions. For for depressed people, your depression, the reason... Sometimes you ask yourself, for for some of you that struggle with depression, I'm sad and I don't know why. And people around me, they just think it's a weakness of faith or whatever. But I'm sad and I can't control the fact that I'm sad and I don't know why. Because it is a mentally... Uh, it's a mental health issue that can be diagnosed by a doctor. I am sad at all times. I don't know why. God is telling you, you will be joyous in my presence. You will be restored. You will be healed. For those of you struggling with addiction, you will be fully released from the chains of bondage of sin and death. You will be released from that. I've struggled with some addiction uh, Issues as well. And while I'm free of them, the itch is still there. Right now, my itch for those addictions are still there. But I know there is a day where I will be fully free from the chains. He will release all want and desire for sin. All that you will want at that day is Jesus. And there will be no itch. There will be no unexplained sadness. There will be no anxiety that you can't control, crippling anxiety that doesn't allow you to move or talk to people. This will be gone, fully gone. The world cannot boast a promise like this. Only Jesus can. We must hang on to that. We must cling on to that. 
And for the rest of us, some of us, all of us struggle with mental health, but some of us have a, a bigger burden. For the rest of us that don't have such a big burden with mental health, and you might just be like, well, yeah, this is for the crazies, not for me. Maybe there's some thought of that right there. The newsflash, you need to care about this. As a church, we must partner with those that are suffering. We are part of their journey. As a church, we must partner with those that are suffering. We are part of their journey. We will grow in ways we don't know when we partner with people suffering. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Are we willing to weep with those that are suffering in ways we can't comprehend? In my family, I've experienced both types of people. The people who became apathetic to me and people like my mother who always understood what I was going through even though she wasn't experiencing it necessarily personally. So we must be willing to be that type of person. We have family members that struggle with this, or we may be struggling with this. We must be willing to not dismiss this. We must be willing to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Last year, Chris Cornell, singer of Soundgarden, committed suicide. Chester from Lincoln Park committed suicide. At Loma Linda, Gracia, is it three, four residents that have committed suicide? Residents. They're not even medical students anymore, technically. They're residents. Pastor Rick Warren's son, years ago, committed suicide, and his church was already working on mental health. Mass shootings. People are taking up guns and, and shooting. Not talking politics. That'll have its time and place. But we must be willing to care about these issues. We cannot hide behind taboo. We cannot treat others with mental health as if they are weak in faith. They are weak, as we all are, but they're not weak in faith. They are made strong in their weakness. God makes them strong. So in this series, what we want to do, this is just Starting the conversation. You heard those surveys that I mentioned at the beginning. People want the churches to have an open discussion about mental health. People want to know about the local resources that we have. And we are doing those two things as best as we can as a church. We're going to be having a, a guest speaker in about two weeks who's going to talk to us about his perspective. He is a... a a psychology professor at Cal Baptist University, and he's going to talk to us more and more about the misconceptions of mental health. We're going to have Rochelle, uh, who's worked with the Christian Counseling Services here in Redlands, talk to us about some of the services that they provide. She's going to be doing that in a few weeks as well. And so we want you to A, rem remove the stigma, and B, be aware of all the resource that is available. Not just here in church, but also with Christian believers in the Redlands Christian services that are just a few blocks from here. We want to make sure that we do that. So, as we get ready, as, I, as, I, as the band starts coming back up, here's what I want to do before we do an offering or anything like that. This is improvised, so it's not a fancy bucket. But here's what I want you to do. Don't write your name. If you 
have an issue that you're struggling with, depression, anxiety, obsessive-compulsive disorder, addiction, bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever it is, on a piece of paper, I just want you to write the issue. You don't need to write your name because we're going to pray for you. We want to be a church that weeps with those who weep. We want to plead with you like the Apostle Paul was pleading to Christ. We want to embark on this faith journey with you. And so I'm going to pass this around. It's going to pass row by row. It's going to be a little slow as the band uh, will start playing when we do that. But I want you to just write any issue. And here's the thing. If you don't have any issue, if you're cool right now, you're solid. I'm pretty sure you know someone who's struggling. And if you know someone who's struggling, I want you to write down the issue for them. It's a faith journey. This is a faith journey. So write down that issue for that person. You are a representative. You are their ambassador in the faith journey. This is right now doing two things. Removing the stigma by all of us recognizing that someone suffers or even we suffer. And two, we are embarking on a faith journey of restoration where God says, you are made strong by me in your weakness. So I'm going to start passing this around. Take your time. There's no rush. This is a big exercise of faith that we're doing right now. As you write these down and you think of these people in need or it's yourself, pray over it. That you would understand that God is hearing you. He is responding even if he doesn't snap it away. His reply for a faith journey is just as good as the snap. And you must recognize and hold on to that for your restoration. As the weeks continue in this series, we're going to see the next step for you. Yes, it starts with prayer, but it does not end with prayer. We have mental health professionals that can help you. Christian mental health professionals that won't compromise the word of God for the sake of rehabilitating you. We want full restoration for you. As this keeps moving and you guys keep putting in your prayer requests, or those issues that you're struggling with, I'm going to pray, but keep doing it, okay? I'm just going to pray over this. Father, we bring this bucket of, of, of pleas to you. Three times, four times, 20 times, we've plead, we've pled our case before you. We need a breakthrough. And if it's not a snap, if it doesn't happen right now, if it does, amen. But if it does not, and you have a faith journey, amen as well. May we understand that a bumpy road does not mean the bumpy road does not end. It will end. There will be restoration. There will be an end to this journey. We will have grown and become complete and lacking in nothing. Remind us, Lord, that this is just the beginning to plead our case before you, but now to seek all the possible resources that you provide within your kingdom for us to grow. May those of us here suffering want to seek help. May we look for Christian counselors. May we look for people that will pray over us. May we go to our grow groups and talk about our issues and ask for prayer. 
May our family members accept us. May they not condemn us for a weak faith. As the ushers come forth for the tithes and offerings, Lord, I want to pray that you would bless these. That the tithes and offerings would be multiplied as you've multiplied fish and bread. Not for financial gain, God, because we're not a financial gaining church. We are a blessing church, Lord. That the finances would be just a sign of our commitment to you and our reliance upon you and our finances. May we give recognizing that you are the true owner and we are just the treasurers. We are just administrators. Bless the city of Redlands through every person sitting here today with their giving and with those people that have wrote please in their in the bucket, Lord. Bless them with the peace that surpasses all understanding in Christ Jesus. We pray all of this as the band starts playing. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.